Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. One, two, three. It's a hard next life. It is a hard next life. A hard next life. Oh, it's a hard next life. It's a hard next life. It is a hard next life. A hard next life. Oh, it's a hard next life. No one deserves a winner more than Nick fans. I know it's been tough, but. My pledge is we are going to work tirelessly and we are going to build this the right way to bring you a winner. What up, Knicks fans? And what? Barry just picked his nose right in the intro. I was flicked that? the inside of my nostril really quick to scratch <laughs> it, all right? It was not a pick. Okay. No pick. What is up, Barry motherfucking D? What is up, Craig? And good evening, Blanderson Hooper. <laughs> Hello there, Craig. <laughs> the most delayed response ever. It's been a while. We haven't We haven't done this since lottery night. Been like two weeks almost. And you guys are full of energy tonight, I can tell. I am. I'm good. Barry's ready to go from the basement, which I'm shocked you're in right now, to be honest. After what I saw last Saturday night. Let me publicly thank you, first of all, for coming over to my house. Like, uh, I don't know what you were then. I opened the the front door. You got your headlamp on. <laughs> you were ready to work. It was like 1030 at night, Jay. I was ready to go. Barry's like 30 minutes away from me, at least. Saturday night, I leave my house at 10 o'clock. Yeah, he texts me. He's like, you want to do this or what? I was like, yeah, let's go. This was the most exciting thing I've done in months, I think. <laughs> I put my headlamp on. I had my little... My headlamp, by the way, that I got at the White Elephant Christmas party last year, that Barry gave which i laughed at the time and then we when we had that like little blackout from the storm recently i i saw that in my basement and i got so excited and i was using it all that night and little did i know that you'd use it to come over my house to help me inspect for uh my century who knew and, and in your hand you had a little tool with you i had my little like this mirror thing with this little flashlight that lets you look under things and inside things it's it's great it definitely looked like this was not craig's first time doing something like this and he did <laughs> love it you could see it on his face. He was angry. I've done. I did this at my house when we moved in because I had similar issues. Right. I mean, not quite to what the fuck is going on at Barry's house, but <laughs> I had similar issues. <laughs> Jay, so I get there, and everyone's asleep, obviously. So it's just me and Barry, and we get right to business because this is going to be good. It's late. We go in the basement, and dude, you had right before I got there, like a a ceiling tile fell, or earlier that day. Yeah, so earlier that day, it just so happened, like, the corner ceiling tile in my basement was on the floor, and they were, like, laying on top of it on the floor was, like, shredded up insulation and little bits of God knows what. There were acorns in there and mouse poop on the floor from mouse where poop. the Lots of mouse poop. Lots of so mouse we go poop. in that basement, and it's probably, like, it's probably, like, six feet from where you're sitting now, right? Is yeah, that accurate? That's about accurate. Six to eight feet, Yeah. <laughs> Barry has Barry's so nonchalant about the whole thing. So this was it's, this was in the finished part of the basement that it had fallen. Yes, finished yes. part of the basement. Okay. And I again, you know, to catch you up to speed, I haven't seen any live activity 
in my house or up in that drop ceiling. I've only seen the poop. <laughs> dude, dude. So but there's been a Barry's lot of Barry's corner where it's carpeted and finished is covered in acorns and like hundreds of mouse poops. Hundreds. <laughs> and it's just, he's letting it just sit there. He's, there's, there's a, you know, those workout balls, that workout ball, you see that workout ball behind him, the blue one? Yeah, I see it. That thing's rolling around in it. That's, he doesn't care. Nobody's working so, out with that. Side he's, note. He's walking in that area with just socks on. Dude, and I'm like, what the f- <laughs> There's poop everywhere. Right, uh, where, and he where said the that his kids, fell. his and kids were playing down there near it while it was all like that. Well, that speaking of the medicine ball thing, it's not a medicine ball, by the way. It's it's a, it's like one of those bouncy exercise balls that's like yeah. huge. So it turns out, remember we were trying to figure out like why I would see like one mouse poop in the middle of the floor, and we were like, that's weird. Usually it's up against the wall or in a dark place, and we were like, it can't be dropping mm. from the ceiling. It was dropping from the ceiling because I found out my kids play with that ball. They they play this game called ball game. What? And they kick the oh, thing around so it hits ceiling. the ceiling. Well, that's pops new up information the ceiling tile, and then poop falls from the ceiling. Yeah, Jay, because he had the giant rat poops, which I don't care what your fucking exterminator says. That is at best rat poop. It was sitting on top of one of the boxes, and I know what I'm doing, right, Barry? So I said that's old poop. Yeah, yeah, he could tell. It's not glossy. It's not shiny. It's dried. So it's old. Yeah, if it's like a grayish. <laughs> Exterminator Craig over here. Then Barry starts lifting the tile, the the ceiling tiles in the basement to see what's going on. He wants to put on my headlamp and stick his head up in there to see if he could see what's going on. He literally lifts the ceiling tile and rat poop immediately falls. Oh. On on like it hits me in the, it hit me in the fucking ankle, Jay. That's not good. You get it hit me in the antivirus from that. I when I got home. Later on, I had to shower and scrub down because of that one moment. Meanwhile, Barry's letting his kids fucking play in it. (laughs) Well, this is the guy that kept his kids in the house with with the floors. His wife, in the middle of when we were looking, came down and started doing crunches on the ball. And he didn't even tell her that it was just rolling around in the poop. Have you have you sprayed that down with Lysol since, I hope? No. Jay, by the way, we're just getting started here. I don't know that people want to hear this, but it's happening. And we will get to plenty of Nick's talk later. What are we talking about before before we lose half the audience? <laughs> we're going to be talking about the coaching staff filling out, but I'm excited to talk about over the next few weeks, Jay, Barry, and I, Blandy, Barry, and I, I'm sorry, are going to be studying the potential picks for the Knicks in this next draft. We're going to be going position by position. Tonight, we're, we're looking at five point guards not named LaMelo Ball. We're going to give you give you our opinions on them. We're going to talk about who we like the most out of that group, who we hate the most. And we're going to get to that. But back to Barry's basement, because, Jay, you have no idea what we discovered. So we, so we snooped around the unfinished part of the basement, and we were able to see. We were starting to get an idea, Barry, of where they were coming in, right? Right, right, right. Because definitely, you know, one the, the majority of the poop is on my external wall of the basement, you know, that side of the house. So I think we went outside next after that, right? So we well we went we went to the like we were able you're able to see in our Barry's unfinished part of the basement the area behind like where the ceiling tile fell, the wall back there and you could see between the dr- the drywall and the finished part of the basement and then there's like a foot gap between the the like concrete wall of the house and you could just see all the leaves and acorns back there and spider webs and you could just tell 
it's something wasn't right. In his unfinished part of the basement, it was like, it looked perfect. There was nothing going on. But it's obviously usually the areas that you can't get to where shit could be going on, right? <laughs> so we go outside, we're inspecting outside, and Barry has this huge bay window by the, by the, by the kitchen that he's actually renovating right now. Yeah, it, it was just demoed, like, you know, a couple of days prior. So they really the didn't inside. put up any sheetrock yet. They ripped up the tile floor. Right. Dude, I'm, but we're walking around the dark. It's it's like 11 o'clock at night at this point, maybe like 11.30. I got my headlamp on. We're crawling through like the shrubbery out around the house. I'm looking around. I'm looking in, I'm looking under siding. And I, I give my expert opinion that whatever is going into Barry's house is going underneath the bay window because there's like a few inches of space they can get under and get in there. And you literally don't know what's going on under this bay window. Yeah, because it overhangs like six feet from the house. So there's no way to, that's like the one spot we can't inspect. And yet that's where we saw the majority of the mouse poop. Right. So I'm like, that's Barry, that's your spot, right? Did I say that? You did. It's pretty confident. (laughs) And then we go, and then we're basically like, we go in the house, we're trying to think about what we can do. And we're basically like, there's nothing we can, Barry, I don't know what to tell you, man. We can't get under that bay window to see how they're getting in. I don't know what you're going to do. Yeah. And we're standing in the kitchen at the bay window and we're kind of looking down and Craig says, let me just see something. And he realizes the planks on the floor, a lot of them aren't screwed in because they just ripped up the tile from there. So we were actually able to lift it up right above the bay window and look straight down and see exactly what was going on. You can actually see where the house begins and the ground begins. So that wall that he was talking about in the basement between the drywall and the and the cement foundation, we could actually look straight down into from the bay window floor. Dude, so we start pulling up the flooring, the, oh the the like, the plywood, right? That isn't nailed down, and it was insane, the amount of mouse poop and rat poop and acorns and openings that you can see to the ground. It was like you could see the holes that whatever was chewing through to get through, and then yeah, like across a span of like seven or eight feet, at least an inch or two of gap between where you could you could reach your hand down there and touch the earth. From inside his fucking house. Yeah, you know, like when you walk into like a baseball stadium and there's no front door, it's just wide open. You just kind of walk in. That's how it was basically for these rodents coming and, into and my mice, house. They don't need much to. They know. They just need like a tiny hole to get. No, they don't that's need much. yeah. That's why Barry, they Barry had, like, keeps telling me the exterminator said it was mice, but dude, you should see the size of this hole <laughs> that these things chewed through. But we were thinking this is kind of perfect because like now's the time we could see exactly where we need to seal this up. You know, because otherwise, you know, how can you really do it? And Craig was really helpful. He gave me names and numbers of, you know, people he knew. Yeah, Barry didn't use any of them. So there you go. And uh, (laughs) the news is Barry's just going to seal it up and cross his fingers. No, no, no. We got a a good exterminator. We're under contract. They actually advised don't seal it up just yet because otherwise you're going to have possibly these things dying in your house. You'll never get rid of them. So, you know, he's been coming every couple of days. Um, I still don't know. Did, Did they finish the floor, though? They did. They did. He's so so you can't Jason, listen to this. Tell me what you think. So the only place you could see what's going on is underneath the flooring in the kitchen. Okay. Right? Well or from you the basement. You, you can't can... get to it underneath the bay window. No, but you can you can kinda get to it from the basement, opening up the drop ceiling. You can kinda get up there, do it from the inside. Oh, is that his plan? Yeah, he's he's he seemed very confident. Okay. So he's gonna go through the basement. Because he told Barry yeah, finish the kitchen. Do put the flooring in. Because I was saying yeah. to Barry, like, I would not put that flooring in until you figure out what's going on. Right. Otherwise, they'll keep coming Because it seems in. like it's the best place to seal it up. But right. that's just me. <laughs> it's my expert opinion. <laughs> 
that guy, he doesn't, there's nothing in it for him if he has to come to your house for the next 10 years killing mice or anything. Oh, stop. Nothing in it for him. <laughs> I got to say, the, the, the most disappointing thing of this whole thing was that you, you guys, after we talked about this, how many times, you, neither of you shared this with me. I had to find out on Monday when my wife got back from Barry's house because the kids were in the pool with Barry's wife and, and his kids. And, and she came back and she was the one telling me, oh, yeah, they've got this mouse problem. And I said, what are you talking about? And then, oh, yeah, Craig was over on Saturday night. Like, where, where was I? Why wasn't I invited over to help? Why wasn't I told about oh, this? Oh, you wanted to come over for oh, that? Past your Jay, bedtime, we spoke dude. about this on the show many times. You've never showed any interest in going over to Barry's. <laughs> Yeah, you could have at Did least he, given Barry, me like we a talked courtesy. about that. You could have... It could have... There could have been a oh. courtesy ask. Hey, Jay. Yeah, even, Barry and I are getting together to search though. for mouse... For, to search for mice. We don't We don't want to leave you out. You want to come over? It's not a fuck... We weren't hanging out. But you didn't even tell me. Do you realize how much that hurts the following day? Not a text, not a phone call, nothing. I had to find out from my wife. That's hurtful. You knew about the mouse thing. What are you talking about? Barry, is he... This is all an act. Right? No. I hope it is. What do you mean? It's not it's like uh, my wife Craig found and out I, from his wife, and she's not like Craig me. and I got together and like had a bunch of strippers come over and give us lap dances for two I know, hours. But and we you didn't, didn't even you. tell me. We were searching stories. for. We didn't even. We didn't even like have a drink or sit down. We just. It was all business. I had to hear about it secondhand from my wife. Well, you didn't hear about it because we were saving it for the show. But if you wanted to be invited to our little fucking poop party, that's a whole <laughs> nother discussion. You just call it a poop party. That you just laughed like I said that, and I was like, I can't believe I just said that, and then you're laughing like it's funny. I find that funny. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, speaking of poop, how about George Hill? Milwaukee Buck, George Hill. Did you see this uh, this George Hill um, clip? He got asked in a press conference after a game why he missed the national anthem. Yeah, I had this in the I had this coming up in the news, but we could talk about it now. It's, it fits perfectly. Just wondering uh, if there was a specific reason you weren't out in the arena during the national anthem. You want the honest truth? Yep. Okay, I take a shit every time before the game. Um, I've been doing it for the last four years. Um, if you go back and watch any footage of our previous games before we come down here to this bubble, um, that's what I do before every game. And, you know, so happy that you guys were snoozing in the hallways and called me coming back from my pregame ritual. And that's what I always do. That's the honest truth. Thank you, George. Thank you. you guys weren't ready for that, were you? Listen, <laughs> I applaud his honesty. Yeah. Listen, I I mean, to be honest, I think it was a, is he taking his, his rituals to take a shit during the anthem or he just took a long it's shit? Just, I think he, he just took longer than usual. I think. That's yeah, it just it happened to cut into the anthem. Well, he could he, imagine he said, you want me to be honest? I was I was jerking off, you know, before the game. It's my pregame oh. ritual. That's his pregame ritual. I don't think he's telling people that. <laughs> that would be a strange pregame That's ritual. That's great, though. But the way he put it, too. It's yeah, like, I know. Uh, the fact that he just came yeah. out was like, I take a shit. He wasn't like, shit. you know, I use the bathroom or. Good for yeah. him. I used to, you know, I used to um, race bicycles, right, a few years back. And that that happened to me all the time. I always had to take a shit. Like I was driving to the to the race and I always take a shit and they had like these horrible porta potties at the start line. It was the worst. They would happen every fucking time. Most of the time I was still on the parkway and I'm like rushing to get there. That sounds nervous. like irritable bowel syndrome, Barry. <laughs> no, you must it's just have been a nervous because I deal with I that everywhere I go, pretty much. So I don't feel that bad for you. Now, now, Craig, did you hear? Because this continued for a couple of days. There was talk about this. Did you hear any of uh, Channing Fry 
was on a, a an NBA podcast with uh, he was being interviewed by Taylor Rooks, and they were talking about this. I skipped through the beginning part where he talked about Channing Frye, former Nick Channing Frye, talks about trying to find a a cold toilet seat before game time because you don't want to go on to a warm one, you know, that somebody else has already used because that's gross. And then he he really gets into like specific details here. So I cannot believe that you don't squat. How would you what? know to squat? No, even if you put the paper on there. No, I can't. No, Just I can't, Janet. Dumps. We're seven <laughs> foot. We take what? dinosaur dumps. <laughs> Not you I knowing the temperature. Yeah, so Channing Fry says, hey, listen, we take 20-minute dumps, and we're seven feet tall. We take dinosaur dumps. I don't know. I have to, I have to be honest. I don't understand what I was just listening to. Can you explain? Yeah, well, Am I supposed to was, pick up on anything? Initially, he said, you got to find, like I said, the cold seat. And then she was like, I can't even believe you guys sit on the toilet seat. That's gross. Why don't you squat? I mean, that's weird. That's weird, right? Like, you guys don't... You sit on the toilet yeah, seat, don't, don't you? Yeah, squat. Yeah, but oh, you're okay. also... Remember... For a second, I thought something was wrong with that's me. That's not what women do a lot of times when they're in, like, a, a you know, like a gross place or something like that. They don't They do not do that. They learn to, to just squat over it. Women have gross toilets in the bathroom? I don't. I can't even picture I, why that I, would I, be. No, I don't know if necessarily the toilets are gross, but women don't like to sit on, you know, weird toilets. I think that's a common thing, isn't it? That women squat... Can you imagine if they see what we sit on, dude? We have to go in there and wipe down like a toilet seat covered in piss and then sit on it. Yeah, so he said, listen, you know, of course we sit. We throw the toilet paper down on there and we we take a crap for 20 minutes and we take like dinosaur-sized craps. So, you know. Because of their height, so, they take bigger so you, shits? Yeah, and so you can't just, you can't squat because you can't squat for 20 minutes. That is a, that is an interesting problem. Do they? You think that they need bigger toilets in their houses because of that? I, don't I mean, think they have that's these dinosaur shit. Bigger sure. bodies, bigger shit. Bigger pipes. I don't think bigger. so. It's got to take a toll on your knees, though. Is that the reason for all the knee injuries in the NBA? <laughs> Imagine. Maybe that's what happened to KP. You should start a whole like movement for that of toilets that are for 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 NBA players. I mean, there must be custom toilets out there. But yeah, think about that problem. When they go to a, to a public restroom, the things must be tiny. It's like they probably look like uh, Will Ferrell and Elf sitting on a little tiny chair. <laughs> Taking a dump. They don't need a squatty potty, that's for sure. <laughs> are, we done? are we done talking about yes. shit? Yes. We've been talking essentially about shit. Right. For like For 20 minutes. 18 minutes now. <laughs> right. And the shit's only been getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, we started off you know, exactly. With mouse crap. and This is the only Knicks podcast like it. According to rumors, Chris Haynes is reporting that Donovan Mitchell plans to sign a max extension with Utah this offseason, which is obviously coming on the heel of all Knicks fans for weeks dreaming of Donovan in a Knicks jersey. I don't know about you guys, but when that news came out, everyone said, all right, time to move on. We're not getting Donovan. First of all, I don't know if we were ever getting Donovan to begin with. It was a pipe dream from the start. But are our chances any worse now? I think it's the same exact situation. He was a jazz player before, still is a jazz player. Our chances of getting him were slim to none. It's going to be a trade anyway. Any player, I'm not saying the Knicks are going to get him, but any player as good as Donovan Mitchell is always going to be offered the max extension by their team, regardless of whether they want to be there or not. And they're always going to accept it regardless of whether they want to be there or not. So where's the fucking news here? Right. And every team is going to have interest in a player like that. Every team has interest in any good player. 
They're always going to keep all their options open. And fans, Nick fans especially, love making ties of any good player to the Knicks, whether he was born a New Yorker or he's got, you know, ties to the coaching staff. Any little tie you can make, you know, people love doing it. And you could do it for anybody. The only reason it matters is because of salary matchup for like a trade. I mean, they could still theoretically trade for him, but obviously, you know, the salaries have to match up in the NBA. And so who knows how that would affect number of people involved in a trade and, and, you know, which people. But to think that a player signing a max extension means anything, it does not mean that the player wants to be there long term. And it does not mean that the player, that the team want, I mean, I'm sure the team wants him to be there long term. But if the player doesn't want to be there long term, he's still signing that max extension. Well, I, you have to get it. It's, it's a different sport. But look at what happened with Odell Beckham Jr. and the Giants. You know, they said they weren't training him. They signed him to that massive deal. And then like a few weeks later, he was gone. And you take that money when you can get it. Yeah, and, and I don't know how unhappy he is in Utah. Yeah, did they get knocked out in the first round again? Yes, but they took a better Denver team to seven games. They had just as much of a chance to win that game seven as Denver did. And I mean, Donovan was wide open at the end of the game anyway. That you know, I, And I bet you if he got that ball, the clutch player that he's been, he probably makes that shot. And he's on a good team. I don't think he's looking in, you know, to get out of there. The Utah fans are great. It's a good place to live. I don't I don't see him rushing to get out. And you know, honestly, if, if things sour, I mean, if the NBA has shown us anything, it's that star players can force their way out of places, you know? Yeah. So just because he has that deal or he signs that deal doesn't mean he can't move somewhere else if he decides, you know what, I, this was a mistake to sign here. Absolutely. The Dallas Mavs are no longer in the playoffs. KP's season ended abruptly. He had that tweet after one of the games. He was, you know, bounce back tomorrow or something like that. And then he never played since that tweet. He had a meniscus tear. And that's the different knee, right? The the other knee, yeah. not the one that he... That's the other okay. knee. Correct. Stefan Bondi, after that, was calling Knicks fans weak because many of us were rooting for Chris Stapps to get injured. Barry, were you rooting for KP to get injured? No. I was rooting for Dallas, that series. Jay, were you rooting for KP to get injured? I could not care less about KP in any way, shape, or form. We know you were, Craig. Did we think he... Well, listen, <laughs> no, I was not rooting for KP to get injured, but I knew he was. I knew he was going to get injured. It doesn't feel Did, bad Craig, that I was right, or that Craig, you were right, or that any of us were right. Do I have to read your tweet that you tweeted today? Did, didn't yeah, you, you can tweet? read my tweet. Read my tweet. Go for it. I just tweeted that today. I was not rooting for KP to get injured. Next season, I am rooting for that team to... Be awful, whether that's due to injuries or Luca forgetting to shoot the ball. Well, you want the pick. Forgetting how to shoot. Okay, Craig. I don't care what it is. Craig, here's your I want that t- Craig, team to win zero games. Here's you your tweet. It, dude. I don't care. This is your tweet. When they say Knicks Listen, fans... Also, are- before you read this, can people understand that I try to just have fun on Twitter? Okay. So okay, I want that noted. to be in your head when you're reading this. <laughs> All right. All right. Because I will... Okay, go ahead. All right. Here I go. When they say Knicks fans were rooting for KP to get injured, and now this next part I'm going to read is in all capital letters. I'm rooting for that entire fucking Mavs team to suffer season-ending injuries. We own their first-round pick next season unprotected. If you disagree, you ain't a Knicks fan. Right. I always put you ain't in when when I really want to make a point. (laughs) (laughs) So you did not mean that. Exactly. I'm not rooting rooting for for KP to get injured. I'm rooting for the fucking whole team to get injured. Oh, my God. In an ideal world, the whole team goes down. Well, in an ideal world, they have a horrible season next year for whatever the case may be. So, yes, so we got a better pick. I agree with you there. But You're telling me that, that next year 
if something like the Warriors happened to them and and we ended up with like the top pick in the draft, you would not be happy? Is it not protected? Look, look me in the I face would, right now and tell me okay. that's true. All right. With that, yes, yes, I would be happy. You know, maybe not under the circumstances that that created it, but yeah, I would be. I'm smiling right now. All season, Craig. I'm smiling right now, thinking about the Dallas Mavericks having the worst record in the NBA next year. Yes, that of course that would make me happy. But I'm not. I, I, Listen, I can't. As an NBA I can't with fan, the conscience root for them to all get injured. You know, Luka Doncic. I enjoy watching play basketball. I'm going to miss a few seasons of his. Luke is one of my favorite. I don't typically like players that are not not on the Knicks. And when he was going to be drafted, I was desperately wanted them to somehow get him. And that was obviously, they had no shot at it. Yeah. If there's any player in the league that I'm a fan of that's not on the Knicks, it would be him. Like, he's so much fun to watch. Yeah. So, yeah, I prefer he doesn't get injured, but I could give a fuck if every single other player (laughs) on that team does. (laughs) Someone, Someone responded to that tweet. Can you read the responses to that? I know. I think one called you a horrible person, right? <laughs> no, just read the one. Read the one about the like a, something about the the Mavs being abducted by sex aliens or something for the year. There's a lot of a lot of replies on this thing, Craig. It's hard for me to find that one. Well, one person did say, "If you're rooting for players to get injured, you're an asshole." <laughs> yeah. No, I don't see anything about aliens. Oh, here it is. I found it. I hope they all get abducted for a year by sexy space aliens. See, no one gets hurt. Yeah, listen, that would be better for everybody. <laughs> That's a creative mind. You know what would be ideal? If Chris Stapps hooks up with Luca's mom and it just throws the whole fucking team into a tailspin. <gasps> and they're awful next year. That would be ideal. And they come back the year after that and they're back to normal. As long as we get a good pick, That's I'll right. be happy. Yeah, right. All right, so then there was some news about the Knicks coaching staff over this past week. Finally filled out. Finally, it was rumored for a while, but Mike Woodson was added to the staff. I'm a little confused about who the associate head coach is. I don't know if it fucking matters, but that's obviously the the lead assistant. It sounds like that's Johnny Bryant, which is interesting uh, to me because I think we all would have assumed it would have been Woodson. But right. from what I understand, Johnny Bryant is the associate head coach, top of the totem pole for that group under Thibodeau. And then you got Kenny Payne, and then you got Woodson, and then you got a Tibbs guy, Andy Greer, and this other Tibbs guy, Dice Yoshimoto, who I tried finding photos of him, and there's nothing that exists on this guy. But I mean, it's exciting to have like that 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 main trio of assistants, associates slash assistants, Bryant, Kenny Payne, and Woodson under Thibodeau. That is a very exciting coaching staff. It's a good coaching staff. And I mean, it is, it's interesting to me that Johnny Bryan is that, that lead guy because he, he's supposedly really well-respected and we've talked about him a bit, but he's 35, he's a young guy. People think he has a big NBA head coach potential in the future. He obviously had a big hand in Donovan Mitchell and Lillard and their development. He's supposedly a World Wide West guy, World Wide West and them really push. That's the one photo, by the way, that whoever put that on, on yeah, I just Skype right now, that's the one photo you can fucking find. Yeah. I challenge you for the rest of the show until we get to the news, Jay, to find, to find a photo that's not that. Okay, I'll look. You will not find one. So, I mean, it's good that it's good that the rest of the staff is filled out. I don't know if anyone else will be named, but I'm excited about that staff. That's it. I know we don't want to talk about assistant coaches here. I think it's a great mix of a great mix of guys. Sure. I love having that that associate head coach that is maybe like an up and coming coach. If Tibbs falters or fails, like he's sitting right there. And that's an exciting name to be sitting there. And then you obviously have Kenny Payne, who people thought was going to be like John Calipari's 
you know, successor at Kentucky eventually, and and how much the, the young players out of Kentucky respect him. And then you got Woodson, who's kind of like Thibodeau in this veteran respected coach. That's a solid, well-rounded staff right there. Here's, I see the screen going back. How the fuck did you find that one? Well, first of all, his name isn't Dice. That's just what he goes by. It's Daisuke. It's Daisuke. Yeah. So that's why I couldn't find Pro- him. That's probably, if you probably go by that. Do you have any in, whoa, what the fuck is that, Jay? That's disgusting. <laughs> that's what happens when you, you type in the real You get off your screen names? right now? This is going to give me nightmares. <laughs> what are we looking at? You know what? I'm going to stick to Dice here. You don't want to put in his full name because I don't know what that is. There's a picture of like a 95-year-old man naked that you just pulled up. Yeah, frail, skinny, Jesus Christ looking. What was that? Those might be the only two pictures, Craig. (laughs) Can you get off of this? Jay, you have any good desserts lately? Um, Well, if you remember from last time, my cholesterol was really high, but... Remember, so I can't really eat that kind of stuff, but if you remember, I did order... But you did order that final Clarkson. I did order that Clarkson, that PB&J. And how was that? It's delicious. They have a new September... Oh, what is it? Crumb Cake of the Month. Why don't you go on there and look at it right now and tell us what you're thinking. And where do they go? Where where do our listeners go if they they want to check out the new Crumb Cake of the Month? ClarksonAveCrumb.com. Can you wait till I'm done talking? I'm sorry. All right, you would go to ClarksonAveCrumb.com, and the Crumb Cake of the Month is... Mocha Joe. Mocha, Mocha Joe. Joe crumb cake. Yeah, free shipping on it. It is a coffee lover's dream, they claim. It's got fresh buttermilk, Italian espresso, mocha crumbs, French cocoa. Oh, interesting. There's also some apricot preserves in there. I don't know about that. You got the the mocha and the apricot and the chocolate? I don't know. Hmm. It'd be interesting to try out, though. It could be interesting. If you like crumb cake and you like trying different kinds of crumb cakes, they have great deals at ClarksonAveCrumb.com. You can only get this crumb cake online. It, co- it comes in two sizes, the classic 8 by 8 inch size cakes and the crumpkins. So take a trip down Clarkson Avenue and crumb get some. Use promo code HARDINGSLIFE for 23% off your order. All right, like we mentioned earlier, over the next uh, probably like five weeks because there's five main positions in the NBA, so that works out. Barry, Jay, and I, we're going to pick a few guys that are going to be in this year's draft in the first round that the Knicks could potentially get. And we're going to study some video on them. I'll be the first to admit, and I think Jay and Barry will too, we are not analytical people. Uh, As far as basketball is concerned, I don't watch every college game. So some of these guys that I'm watching, it's really the first time I've sat down and checked them out and really tried to learn about them. Today, we're going to be talking about five point guards not named LaMelo Ball. And one, I don't even think is really a point guard, but he's a point guard slash shooting guard. But he's in the discussion because before this year, he was projected as a top lottery pick. And that is R.J. Hampton. So I assigned Barry and Jay and myself to check out Killian Hayes, Tyrese Halliburton, Cole Anthony, Kira Lewis, and R.J. Hampton. And we're going to figure out, you know, what we all think about these guys. And then I think at the end, we'll just each say who we who who gets us the most excited of that group and who gets us the least excited, who, we, who would be our guy if we had to pick one of them. And uh, I think it'll be good. Right, guys? Okay. Yeah. Did you guys do your homework? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we are going to start with, I'm going to pull up the mock draft, and we're going to go backwards. I'm going to go to Tankathon because they're our unofficial sponsor. At the bottom of their mock draft, as far as those five guys we just mentioned, is Kira Lewis. You guys get a chance to check out Kira Lewis. 19-year-old, six foot three point guard, six foot six wingspan, coming from Alabama. 
Averaged 18.5 points per game last year, 5.2 assists, 46% from the field, 37% from three. The video I looked at comped him as a Dennis Schroeder type. What'd you guys see from him? Barry, you want to start? Yeah, I was actually uh, pretty impressed with him. Um, I mean, he had a lot of speed. He seemed like he could shoot from pretty much everywhere. Um, he was creative around the rim. His floater looked pretty good to me. His shot looked good, um, you know, even from three. Uh, his passes looked really good. Um, his defense looked good, at least on ball. So, yeah, I mean, it was a guy, to be honest, I really never heard of. So it was the first footage I was looking at him, but I watched a lot. From different mock drafts that I saw, they had him going anywhere from, like, 19 to 34. So it was a pretty widespread. And, I mean, the, the Knicks do have a 27th pick that they're holding on to as well. Exactly. So it would be, yeah. like, really interesting if he was still on the board when it came down to that. Um, you know, depending on who they pick up first. Yeah, I think that's why we're looking at these guys who really do span the entire first round because if we don't get a point guard with the first pick, I mean, we might use get one at 27, so might as well look at all five of these guys. I, I saw what you saw as far as what I liked was his speed, especially in transition. He obviously really is skilled at creating off the dribble and getting into the lane. I, I did not like how he always had, like, there was just zero explosiveness beyond the speed as far as getting to the rim i did not see like one dunk one really athletic play he just was always it's just layup after layup after layup and he's so small that i would just get nervous about him in the nba just not being able to finish inside you know so he is a fairly highly touted guard and you hear a lot of knicks fans talking about possibly wanting him and we'll get to it we'll get to it later if we really want these guys but for me he doesn't seem like a starting point guard in the league so he's not someone i'd truly get excited about jay what'd you think well of him? i think the, the thing that struck me was the size i mean you know he's 6'3 he's like 165 think about how much weight he'd need to put on think about how easy it would be for somebody to body him up and to you know and and to push him around on the court 165 pounds is He's nothing. So yeah, he's got that quickness, but I mean, that's a that's a tiny guy. Yeah, I agree with you. If you're going to, you know, draft somebody at 63, you know, uh, especially in the first round of the draft, he better be like really really good. You know, where where he's got so much talent that you're going to overlook that um, you know, that that height. No, I mean, he's 19 or whatever, you know, he's only a sophomore, so he's got plenty of time to grow into his body, but I mean, that's that's a tiny guy. You got to worry about somebody that small. All right, then the next guy we all looked at who's who's projected on Tankathon at going at 20 right now, who fell a long way from where we thought he was going to be at the beginning of the season, Cole Anthony. Out of UNC, he's 20 years old, six foot three. Tankathon has him at wingspan. 20? Yeah. 20. That's crazy to me. Yeah, 20 years old, six foot three, six foot five wingspan. So similar height to Kira Lewis. Right, but he's got a little bit similar more meat wingspan, on him. More meat, stronger, yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, average 18 and a half points a game, 5.7 rebounds, four assists at UNC. Shot only 38% from the field. Did not have a great year with UNC. UNC also did not have a great year. His comp in the video I saw, which is going to fucking excite the hell out of everyone, <laughs> given what's going on in the NBA. <laughs> and I honestly don't know if it's accurate because it seems like it could be accurate by watching the video, but it's Jamal Murray. All right. Yeah. Jay, why don't you start? What were your thoughts about Cole Anthony? Well, I mean, his his shot is not so great, which isn't strange coming from the, the child of Greg Anthony because that was one of the ugliest jump shots, I think, in the history of the NBA. Um, but Cole Anthony does not have an ugly jump shot. No, he doesn't have an ugly and jump shot. And you're strictly going on his shot shooter. isn't great because it wasn't 
But he wasn't great at UNC in that one year, right? But I, yeah. I, I think what impressed me the most was he seemed very, very, in, in the highlights I saw, very aggressive. You know, he seemed like a take charge kind of guy on the, on the court, wasn't afraid to, you know, shoot a big shot from like way beyond the three-point line. If he, if he was open, he was confident enough in his shot, you know, driving to the rim, you know, watching him dunk the ball, driving past his defender. He just seemed like the kind of guy that would be willing to just take it right into the hole and take it right any at anybody. So I think that, more than anything, is what stood out. Yeah, I mean, uh, what impressed me most, I guess, on the offensive side of his game was he's got like an NBA-ready like side-back and step-back three. That move looks like it's perfected. And I know his shooting numbers were down a little bit, but you also got to remember that he you know, missed a chunk of his first year with an injury. Um, so it took him a little bit to get back from that. Um, but overall, like like – like Blandy said, um, his drives to the hoop looked good. He looked strong. I think, oh, nice. you know, his his passing, you know, is definitely something that's going to need to improve. Um, you know, uh, but but yeah, no, I was high on him. I think he uh, he looked really good to me. I'm surprised he dropped to 20, you know, like you said, and take that. And I think a big part of that could be the injuries. You know, he had an ankle injury in high school. He had a torn meniscus that he went through when he was at UNC. So obviously you got to take that into account. You know, and you always want to look under the hood of any guy you're drafting. But I like his upside. Um, he's somebody I I would go for. I wouldn't be afraid to go for somebody like that at eight. I'm here. I've been hearing a lot of people say that when he does his workouts for teams, he's probably going to jump up the board a bit because he does have elite athletic ability. And he's only six three, dude. But he jumps like he 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 can jump and he can finish. And I've been a big fan of him for a couple of years now. I know. Before he got to UNC, he was one of the guys that I was thinking about. Is it would that be possible to get Cole Anthony? Like, can we really get Cole Anthony? Right, next right. Year? He was a top and of the leaderboard am- going into this year. Yeah, right? it's amazing. It is amazing. He's dropped, but his athletic ability, his intensity, his you could see his passion when he plays. Dude has no fear going inside, even though he's six three. He will try to dunk on anybody. He did not shoot well with UNC, but he's got that Steph Curry potential, I think, to just create a shot deep from three and nail it. Yeah, and right. I think which a is lot exciting of, to in me. the highlights, there's a lot of that of him just, I mean, like three feet behind, three, four feet behind the line and just jumping up and drilling it. He does that, but that's also one of his neck that's also one of his issues, right? He's a me first kind of offensive player. He's always looking to score. So there's going to be a, he's probably, gonna, he missed a lot of those, right? But he hit a bunch, but he's also taking way too many. Of right. And I think a big part of that too, is he didn't really have a supporting cast at North Carolina. So I think he was probably trying to do too much. Yeah. Some of it, was it maybe being overconfident? I'm sure it was, but another big part of it, I think, was he felt like he had to do that because there really was nobody, no other big names on that team that he played with. Yeah, and some of it, like, it's it's tough for these guys who know they're going to school for one year, and he basically has one year to show what he can do and to show how high he should be drafted in the NBA. Some player, like the players at Kentucky, I think that they, they don't really play a me-first kind of way over there, but some players are going to look out for themselves. They've got one year to prove to the world that they can be the number one pick, and he was trying to do it, obviously. I mean, he really excites me more than any other point guard not named LaMelo, I think. And we'll get into that later. But yeah, there are a few concerns for me, for sure. Like his numbers at UNC, his his field goal percentage there. I don't, I've never been a fan of a point guard who doesn't look to pass first. Right. Uh, so that is concerning. But he is still tw- just 20, though. And, and I think Cole, more than anybody else that we're going to be looking at today, probably has like the widest 
range of where he could be drafted because I think he is so polarizing because of that that injury you know history that he's coming into the league with yeah and then as we move up the draft board 15 projected number 15 on tankathon is another guy who really was from what I remember and this shit changes so much so it's hard to believe sometimes but from what I remember RJ Hampton was a top uh, a top top lottery pick uh before this season before he went over to play in Europe and did not put up impressive numbers out there. He has dropped severely down the board. But yeah, we're looking at RJ Hampton right now. He's 19. He's not a pure point guard. He's a sh- he's known as a shooting guard slash point guard. So he doesn't fit exactly in this group. But I figured we sh- I figured we should talk about him. Six foot five, really big. Six foot seven wingspan. Played in New Zealand this year. Eight point eight points a game. Three point nine boards. Two and a half assists. His comp is a very unexciting Jordan Clarkson. Barry, what would you think of RJ? I liked what I saw. I mean, it's so hard with some of these guys. I mean, you look at his at last year, he played 15 games. And I think he played like 20 minutes a game. You know, so it's very small sample. You know, and that's part of the reason why his numbers are so low is because he only played 20 minutes. But that being said, he's the kid's got good moves. He's a really good finisher. Um, he seems to get through the lane at will because he's such a great athlete. And then, although he, he, he's this is a guy, and I'm sure we're going to talk about somebody else who's got really weird shooting form, but his shooting form oh, looks yeah. good. But like, if you look at his feet, they're like really close together when he shoots, which is kind of awkward. And he's another guy that kind of comes across kind of cocky, you know, like Cole Anthony does, very confident. But overall, I I think he he looked good. Again, I don't know where he's going to fall either. He's probably another guy that you know can span you know a really wide range of where he can land as well in this draft. Um, but but overall, I mean, I liked what I saw. He's, he, I think he's gonna, f- think he's gonna be an NBA player. He really do- He really did watching that vi- watching those videos, get into the lane so easily and quickly. And he's an insane athlete. And he's so big. And he's got that NBA body more than any of these other guys. He does seem NBA ready. And I'm not good at doing these comps, but just by watching his athletic ability, he was kind of reminding me of like Zach Levine. Okay. Did you see any of that? Yeah, yeah, I could, I could see that. But yeah, huge athletic ability. His his quickness getting into the po- into the paint. Pretty good looking shot. His, his shot has some potential there. That's really it for me on him. Uh, we can talk about who we want later. But Jay, what do you think of RJ? I mean, you look at the you look at the highlights, and yeah, he's getting into the lane and stuff. But I mean, who's he playing against in New Zealand? And those stats those stats are not so great, you know. And he's playing twenty minutes a game. Shouldn't he be, if he's that good, shouldn't he be dominating players in New Zealand? You know, like, yeah, he's able to get into the lane and, you know, his shot looked good. But you would think if he was, you know, an elite player, if he was that highly regarded here, that he would be able to go there and do a little bit more than than what he did. Well, it's not a question why New Zealand. I mean, LaMelo plays over there in the national, you know, in the NBL Australia. But I see what you're saying. If if he's so highly touted over there to be a, you know, a high prospect in the NBA... Right. Why aren't his numbers higher? Yeah, why is, why mean, isn't he more Why is he dominant? only playing 20 minutes a game? All right. Then even higher up on the list, that was R.J. Hampton at 15. I mean, I can't see us having another R.J. on the team, right? No, I think weird. we have room for one and one only. Seems unlikely. <laughs> Number 10 right now on the Tankathon mock draft is Tyrese Halliburton. 20 years old, six foot five, wingspan seven feet Out of Iowa State, 15.9 points there, 5.9 rebounds, 6.5 assists, 
50%, over 50% from field goal percentage, 42% from three. Um, I fucking fell in love with this guy watching the highlights of him seeing him pass to his teammates until I saw this motherfucker shoot. <laughs> oh my God, it's so bad. His numbers are good though. They go I in. I know. It doesn't make Were you did you guys not watch that video and you were like, oh my god, this is the guy. This is he this is the guy. It's like LaMelo. It's it's almost like LaMelo, the way he sees the floor and passes to his teammates. He's an awesome passer. Six foot five, seven foot wingspan. And he can pass like that. Really fun. And to run watch. the floor like that. Yeah. But that is the ugliest shot I've ever seen in my life. Right. Easy. Right. Is it is that the ugliest thing you've ever seen? It's 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 up there. It's up there as one of the that worst makes, looking. That shots. makes Greg Anthony's shot look like perfection. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I mean, that was that's that's kind of a stretch. I mean, Greg but Anthony's Craig, thing was a sight to be. But heard. Craig, if he's going to be you know a fifty forty guy, I mean, I'll take that shot looking like that. He'll never get that shot off yeah, in the you know NBA, what? dude. He, he was he was shooting from his nipples. No- I want to. The way his feet were pointed in like the total opposite direction, and then the way he just like shot puts the basketball. Yeah, shot puts it like flat-footed, like almost, and is shooting it. Yeah, like Jay said, it's like flick of the wrist from the nipples. There's no, there's no lift on his jump. You know, like it's barely a jump shot. I don't know how you, you put him in the NBA where you know he's going up against. You know, guys that are taller than that than than what he sees now are really athletic guys. He's not going to be able to get that off. I will like it is ugly and it's far worse than Lamelo Ball. But it it's funny how how similar those two are, where the way they see the floor and their playmaking ability, and then they're the awful shots. <laughs> right, Barry. I'm, I was wondering when I was watching it, like how much you were jizzing about Tyrese because you know it's unlikely we're going to get LaMelo now unless we trade up for him and he's so similar yes he, from what I saw yeah, yeah no 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 I saw the same thing he he looks like a playmaker uh fun to watch exciting um again even though the shot looked bad it seems like he's got a good shot so yeah is he going to get them off in the NBA who knows but when he's not getting those off he's finding his teammates and he does it in a fun way I mean you know, it's a good brand of basketball that he plays. Um, he's not a great on-ball defender, but he's so long, like you said, a seven-foot wingspan, and he's so quick, and he's got good court awareness. You know, so his off-ball defense is great. You know, he causes a lot of turnovers, and then he's you know out quick in transition. So yeah, yeah, no, I I really like this kid. Jay, did you like him beyond like besides the shot? Oh yeah, I mean, of the five, I you know he was. Top two for for me watching them. I mean, he definitely he's got great court vision. I just watching that shot though, it was hard to get past that once I saw that. So he's projected right now top to go ten. Yeah, I've seen him seven through ten on the on the different boards. Yeah. So the next guy we're going to talk about is Killian Hayes, who's right now projected at all the way up at four. But I have seen some Knicks fans and mock drafts who think Tyrese is can be right there with Killian yeah. or they flip-flop those two. Yeah, among everything that I looked at, I saw Killian anywhere from 4 to 11. So he's another guy with a, you know, fairly wide range. So here's the deal with Killian, 19 years old, American born but grew up in France and is coming out of France. He's 6 foot 5, 6 foot 8 wingspan. The comp on that video I saw, which I, I don't know if I agree with, from watching the highlights, said D'Angelo Russell. I'm just going to get my biggest concern out of the way right now at that I can't imagine we draft another French point guard. I just can't see <laughs> That's it That's what it is? That's my biggest concern with him. But let's talk about him from a, a, in a real way. Obviously, his size is great. He was a, He's a really good passer. He's got a nice shot, good ball handling. He seems to 
always play with his left hand, which is concerning. Every clip, he's so left-hand dominant. That was noticeable for someone like me to notice that. I mean, I think that says a lot, but he's a great athlete. He can explode to the rim. For me, watching him, and I didn't know this until I watched his highlights, but he seems like the most well-rounded point guard of this group, where there's not like one glaring, really ugly weakness. That's true. I mean, I have, you know, you know, I, I take notes on these guys when I'm watching them and what I see. And, and yeah, like he's one guy I didn't really write down any weaknesses about. But I don't know where all the excitement is for this guy. I don't know why he's so yeah. high up on the board. I don't know what people's love for this. Because, yeah, this is a name that we keep hearing over and over. I don't know where it comes from. He played 10 games in the Euro Cup last year. Less than 27 minutes a game. The numbers aren't glaringly great. What, 12.8 points per game. Six assists is good. You know, 45% from the field, 39% from three. Okay. But again, he didn't look like a great athlete to me. He had a good mid-range shot. I don't know where all the love is for me. I mean, he's, I didn't fall in love with Killian Hayes with everything that I saw. And I don't, I don't know where or how he climbed up this high in the lottery. And maybe I need somebody to, to, to teach me, to inform me on why everybody's so high on this point guard. What I find amazing is that we've been hearing for like, for the year, and we've been saying it because we hear all the names and we hear the number of point guards that are going to go in the top half of this draft and how many there are, and hearing that this is going to be a big draft for point guards. And when I finally got to watch all the point guards, none of them are too exciting for me. There's one, but besides LaMelo, these guys are all really flawed in my opinion. Yeah, and, and with Killian, I don't even see like a huge upside where with a lot of these other guys, I do. You know, there's something about them that I do. And like you said, he's probably the most well-rounded. I need somebody that's got a high ceiling, that's going to excel. I think he's the safe. I mean, I think of this group, he's probably the safest. Yeah, like Kevin Knox was, right? Kevin Knox right. was great at yeah. Kentucky. He did a little bit of everything. His shot looked good. He was strong. He was forceful. Um, he, he got to the basket. You know, and what happened when he went to the NBA? Well below average. Truthfully, I'm completely the opposite take. Like, I watched him and I was like, yeah, because, you know, what do I know about him? You keep seeing him on Tankathon and stuff like that, and I had no clue. I was really impressed with him. I liked okay. the way he constantly just pushed the ball, didn't seem to have any fear, constantly going into the lane. He's got that nice little floater that he puts up when he gets into the lane. Seems to have a decent outside shot. The fact that he's always going to his left, yes, that's that's a problem. He, he is left-handed, and you know, once you get to the NBA, they're good enough that, that they're going to force him to go right. And who knows if he could adjust well enough? But I thought, like as a as a point guard, in terms of pushing the tempo and moving everything down the court and getting things up and down quick, I, I thought he was much better than than everybody else that I watched. All right, guys. So let's let's discuss real quick. And we'll start with Jay. Out of this group of five guys, who would you take if all these guys are on the board at number eight and Knicks are set on taking a point guard? Who would it be of this group? I'd take Hayes. I think that he could play the kind of tempo game that they need to play in order to take the best advantage of the skill set that like Mitch has and that RJ Barrett has. This cannot, it just doesn't, they need to push the ball, I think, to make things exciting. And he seems to me like he could, like he could do that. All right, Barry, who's your guy? Uh, for me, it's it, there's two. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton would be my top guy, and uh, right behind him is Cole Anthony. I would be really happy um, with either of those two guys. Um, I think that Cole Anthony 
can have a really, really good career um, in the NBA. I don't think it would take him a long time either. Um, I understand people's hesitations, you know, when it comes to injury and you don't want to waste a pick on a guy that might miss, you know, half of his career. I mean, we see, you know, what's going on with KP, who obviously no longer a Nick now, but what's happening with him. But, you know, he's also got a different body type, you know, a delicate, fragile type. Uh, I, I can't let that stop me from picking a guy who I might believe is the best available player when it comes to us picking. So Tyrese Halliburton or Cole Anthony, I'd be really happy with um, at eight. Yeah, I think we're going to I think we're going to luck out a little bit. Believe it or not, luck out. But since we have the eighth pick. I'm assuming Killian Hayes isn't going to be there, so maybe we won't be left with this decision. But he did not get me excited. Me neither. And Craig, I'll be honest with you. If they do pick Killian Hayes, I'm not going to be happy about it. Because I honestly think, I don't think he's going to be a net positive for, for this team. I just don't see it. I don't know what the fucking love affair is with this guy. And I know, Jay, you, you, you liked him. You liked what you saw, and you're not alone. Yeah. So I'm kind of embarrassed to say to say who my top guy is because I feel like he's no one's top guy anymore, and he is projected to go so low right now. <laughs> and I've been I don't I'm trying to figure out if this is my bias because I've been wanting him for so long. But I am the most excited by Cole Anthony. I think of that's this group. I think that's fine, Craig. I he excited me. I, I I think it's I think he's the home run pick. You know where it might not work out, but I feel like we could regret not picking him when he's a star in two years. And I think he's got the biggest star potential. And I could see him becoming like a Donovan Mitchell or even Jamal Murray type. I just, he's got that NBA game. And this year at UNC, it could have just been, its he's a freshman and he just did not have a good year. And I can't imagine passing on someone with his athletic ability and his ability to handle the ball. Yeah, he was a me first player and he wasn't looking for his teammates, but imagine he starts doing that. If he just did that, I'd feel totally. I'd feel way more confident in the pick. But guys, I just feel like if we pass on Cole Anthony, he's going to be that guy. Everyone's going to talk about us passing on at eight. I just don't feel like that's going to be Tyrese Halliburton or any of these other guys. But I feel like it could be him. So my gut is to go with who I thought a year ago and who, in spite of his not so great year at UNC, it's Cole Anthony. Excites me way too much. All right, guys, we got a voicemail this week. Let's check it out. This is Phil from Rochester. Hey guys, this is Philip from Rochester, New York. Uh, question. If you guys had a chance to draft a player who was a great shooter, but a poor defender, or would you rather draft a player who is a great defender, who is a poor to average shooter, but has potential? Uh, what do you guys think? Thanks. I mean, I, 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 I want shooters so bad on this team, so I'm just going shooter. I I would go with shooter too. I mean, you got to score yeah, points in this league the way the league is. You can kind of hide your defenders, uh, but yeah, you need shooting on this team. If if we're picking at the eighth pick, I can't be picking a defensive specialist as the Knicks. We have Mitch. We got Frank. You know, we don't need another one of these defensive specialists. Yeah, and not at eight. But we are desperate eight. for a shooter, right? Unless they were like some supreme rim protecting shot blocker which the Knicks already have right now in Mitchell Robinson. All right, guys, you all hear that music. The best part of the show coming up. A lot of people's favorite part. This is the news with Blanderson Hooper. All right. So I actually have a lot here tonight. Um, You got a lot. Well, it better not be too much because this show is fucking long. 
I'm going to start next time off. We should do, next time we should do, what, three names? I mean, this is fucking crazy. Well, we spent 20 minutes on poop. Yeah, there's a lot of crap talk. I'm going to start <laughs> off with some Knicks-related news. ABC Today announced their new roster for Dancing with the Stars, and they include uh, none other than Charles Oakley. As a former NBA superstar, he commanded the floor. Oakley from outside, he drains the jumper. But now the man known as the Oak Tree isn't jumping for baskets, he's jumping for the judges. It's former New York Nick and Chicago Bull, Charles Oakley. So you go, I wonder how, much, how many times James Dolan will text in to vote for Oakley when he's on the show. What do you think? I don't know, but when I heard when I saw the tweet about that news, I think I think JB tweeted that out for uh What's that? What's that? Nick's, what's that Twitter account? Nick's Daily. Nick's Daily. Now I was trying to find a, a GIF for. Uh, I was trying to find one of somebody drunk dancing, <laughs> and uh, I couldn't. Uh, really? <laughs> Amazingly, I couldn't find it because I thought it was, I was going to say this is going to be Oakley on on Dancing with yeah, the like, Stars. I don't see that. I don't see that working out well for him. I can't believe I know that show is notorious for like not getting stars, even though it's called Dance with the Stars. But I mean, he is so far removed from being a star. There are so many retired NBA players that I would imagine they can get on that show. I mean, they, are they just looking for like train wreck television that he's going to say something crazy? And that's the only Maybe. reason he's on there. It's nuts. Whoever his agent is that got him that Dancing with the Stars, I commend him. Well, they know how many Knicks fans there are in the world and they know how many Knicks haters there are in the world. So. When he's on there live spewing shit about James Dolan <laughs> or his eyes are bloodshot red because of whatever's going on with him. You know what? Hopefully it works out. I don't want him to embarrass himself, so hopefully it works out. What else? OJ, we just took over your news it's for okay. a It's okay. Hey, don't, don't you worry. Don't you worry. Um, just want to talk about the Nuggets. You know, the Nuggets uh, uh, becoming the 12th team to overcome a 3-1 deficit to, to beat the Jazz the other day in... In Game Seven, you know, we talked about, um, you know, it's not all bad news for for Utah with the talk that Mitchell Donovan Mitchell is going to sign that max extension, which I think going into next year, I think I read it will be somewhere around five years at 170 million dollars total. So that's what around 34 million or so per season, which is a nice chunk of change. Uh, for those if you're paying attention, the the Raptors are down 2-0 to. Celtics clearly not having somebody like Kawhi, not having somebody to go to at the end of the game is is the problem for the Raptors this year. They don't really have a closer. The Heat beat the Bucks before they're up 2-0 on the Bucks, which I don't think anybody was expecting. Uh, Brandon Ingram was named most improved player in the NBA this year. So at least New Orleans can say they got something back from from the Anthony Davis deal. At least it's not, you know, from that angle it's turning out well. Uh, Brett Brown is out in Philadelphia. I don't know if you saw Jay Wright. There was a lot of talk about Jay Wright taking over that team, leaving Villanova. He said, no, we're lucky we got Thibodeau when we did because now you've got all these different openings. Indiana signed Nate McMillan to a one-year extension and then and then got rid of him like a week later. Slow news week, huh, Craig? Wait. No, wait. Well, look at this. I got some good stuff here. I mean, I'm wondering if some of this is news, but okay. You <laughs> what know, do you mean? Keep going. This is NBA I mean, I didn't news. know we were going to be going through the scores and, and you know where the series are at. But yeah, well, whatever. I'm giving you news. And uh, I heard David Fisdale's been rumored maybe for that Pelicans gig. Did you read that? No, I did not see that. No. Um, the only other thing, and this is this is <laughs> the the Clippers on Tuesday 
met with um, Democratic Representative Karen Bass in California. She's the leader of the Congressional Black Caucus. Uh, and they were talking about different ways that the Clippers and the organization could help to put some pressure on Congress to pass some meaningful police reform. Uh, if you've been paying any attention to, to, to that, Doc Rivers has been extremely outspoken uh, in terms of what's been going on recently. So the, the Clippers are trying to trying to actually affect some change. I know we didn't, we didn't talk about the boycott at all, so maybe this gives us a good in. You know what's the perfect setup, Jay, when you don't have to set it up like that? We, we would naturally... I'm just saying. ...talk about the boycott here. But yeah, Doc Rivers did sort of... I mean, I'm not saying he led the way, but it was like his, his post-game press conference that sort of started the ball rolling and then... The next day or the day after that, I think we all remember the NBA players starting to boycott the game, starting with Milwaukee. And that was great what what the players did, and definitely shed a lot of light on the situation, on the horrible situation, and and all the issues our country's facing. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that that some things come out of this, whether it's the teams finally getting the attention of the lawmakers and the cities that they play for, and getting them to work towards something, the players finally realizing that they have to make their voices heard more. Well, if you notice the one, if you saw the one big thing that came out of it is that the players got the owners to agree. So any NBA owner that actually owns his arena, they're going to be turning those arenas into polling places on election day. Well, that's huge. So like MSG is going to be a, a polling place. Where people can just go and vote. Yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, that's a really big thing to come out of it. Uh, the last thing I wanted to say is, I don't know if you guys noticed the the fines that were given out by the NBA for the, the Clippers and the Mavs to Luka Doncic and, uh, and, and Marcus Morris. What, what were the fines? Uh, 15000 for Doncic for throwing the ball at the ref. Fucking bullshit. 35000 for Morris. No, no, I care and about Morris that. Morris was... That, that, hold on. We'll get to the Morris one in a second because obviously that was a bigger fine. But the fact that Doncic... I mean, if you saw that play, fucking pass the ball to the ref. You know, it, it, it did not look like he threw it hard. It was that that to me was fucking it. bullshit. That that he got fined fifteen thousand dollars for that. That I mean, that was ridiculous to me. He had that. Marcus Morris had that game where people thought he stepped intentionally on the back of Luca's ankle. Right? It looked I mean, deliberate it looked to bad. me. And Luca went down. It looks pretty <laughs> it looked, fucking deliberate. It sure. Bad. <laughs> it, it looked bad. Someone slowed it down, and Luca went in the lane. Right, and Morris was trailing him, and you could see where Morris was starting to step forward and then turned his foot yeah. right into Luca's Yeah, it was like, like it was aiming for it. And and then afterwards, Morris tweets about how, like, you know, his family was watching. He wouldn't do something so disrespectful and horrible like that. Meanwhile, this is the same player that we saw with our own eyes in a Knicks uniform. He took a basketball and bopped another player Ooh. on the Wizards in the head. <laughs> Come on. His family wasn't watching that game, so it was fine, Barry. They were at the movies that night. This guy's got a history. You know, uh, so but then but but he did not get fined for that, right? No, but I'm no. sure it played a part. No, he got fined and then for the next for for chopping the next down game, on he had that shoulder. like tomahawk chop. Yeah, yeah which he got a, a flagrant two for. I didn't think that was that bad. That was bad. It was pretty bad. And then this the, the little stare down afterwards. That's too bad. Luca didn't get severely injured on that play. Oh, come you on! Would have that. <laughs> Don't be an asshole. That's uh, uh, I'm an asshole. What do you want from me? I just speak it like you all don't want to admit that that's how you really feel because it would be wrong. But you know, I'm just the only one that will admit it. No, Craig, so. he'd have he'd have a few months to heal. 
because the next you know season's not starting until December. At least wait till oh too early. But it could lead to it could lead to a history of problems. I kid, I kid. Um, all right, guys, that's going to do it for the show. Remember, you can reach out to us. It's hardnextlife at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at hardnextlife. Barry, how come when I tweet, people sometimes think it's you? Uh, that's a great question. Or do they it. just not know our names and they think I'm you, you're me? Like, what the fuck? It drives me crazy. Well, I'll move on. <laughs> I'm at hardnextlife. Barry is at Barry Dworkin. Jason, I think, is suspended from Twitter right now, so should we even bother? At Blandy Hooper. No, but I did I did get a 12-hour timeout. Okay, well, you deserved it, I'm sure. For for defending LeBron, which is just, All right. just weird. Yeah. You should never do that anyway. As a member of the show, you're going to be fucking suspended just for telling me that. <laughs> All right, you can call us. That's right. The number is 516-33-MESH. One. If you like our show, please go on iTunes or wherever you listen. Leave us a five-star rating and a, and a review, a good review. It's been a while, and we've stopped doing this at the beginning of the shows, and I'm regretting it now because I just remembered. So I want to do a little bit of begging here. It's been about a month and a half, and our latest review, I don't know why this happens sometimes, but it, it, it's not there anymore. It's very upsetting to me. What do you mean it's not there anymore? So what do you see? It's just not there anymore. We went from, we, we're minus a review right now, and it's not it's not written there. So someone either, I don't know. I don't know how that happened. Can they even do that? They deleted. Do they rescind their review? Can you Can do they that? undo a review? Can they, their iTunes account be canceled? Can someone figure out that they're a fake person? I don't fucking know why that happens. But it happens occasionally, and it just happens. So please, somebody go in there and make my day. All right? Guys, any closing words before we get out of here? This is an epic. Ep- this is the longest show I think we've ever had. So it would be perfect if you guys have nothing else to say, but you guys want to talk about anything else? Uh, Yeah, don't draft Killian Hayes. <laughs> oh, they're listening, Barry. The year that Damian Dotson tells someone not to draft <laughs> Killian Hayes. All right? All right, guys. Until next time, it is a hard Nick's life. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.